episode 218 of the Witty and Gritty Podcast. We're your hosts, Brooke and Baron. <laughs> I never know what's going to happen. Everything is Brooke and then Baron. I, it probably yeah, hurts yeah. their ears to hear Farron and Brooke. Oh, oh, it's like a high five order. where you just get a couple fingers and not the full. <laughs> yeah, gotta redo it. I get it. So this is episode 218. This is our final Kid Classic S. This is our final Kid Classics episode. Yes. Can't believe it. The last whole summer. One. Last one, best one. That's right. Oh, but depending on who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about Jonah and the big fish. A lot of people are like, Jonah and the whale, but the Bible says big fish. We don't know if it's a whale or a big fish or I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know the fish species very well, so <laughs> I can't give you any other You're guesses. Not an ichthyologist over there? Wow. I knew you'd hit me with something sciencey. <laughs> <laughs> I love science. I was in aquatic life or aquatic science class in high school, and it was amazing. Didn't you volunteer when you were in high school as a teacher coach to go with? I absolutely did. So I went on the trip my senior year in aquatic science where you go to Port Aransas and you nerd out. And then when I went back and taught at the high school, my teacher was still there and I was like, hey, you need to volunteer. And so I went like three years I was there. I was there seven years and I went three of the seven. It was amazing. You were living your best life. I was. It was so great. So if anyone needs to go nerd out, I got your back. I'll just go lay on the beach and you just <laughs> let me know when look it's time this. to eat. I'm going to be that kid that's like, Mom, look, look. And I'll give you the thumbs up from really far yep, away. Thank you. Yep. I feel so supported and loved right now. <laughs> Much like Jonah. <laughs> so who have we covered in our Kid Classics miniseries this summer? Creation, Adam and Eve, Noah, Joseph, Moses, Joshua and Jericho, Ruth and Boaz, David, Esther, Daniel and the Lion's Den. And here we are, closing it up with Jonah. What a good guy. Hit me with the context, <laughs> of, with the Brook notes. With the Brook notes. Okay, so Jonah is only four chapters long. It'll take you not long to read it all. And it opens with the title, Jonah Runs from the Lord. So we're off to a great start. We yes. know it's going to be a success on his part. <laughs> so basically God says, okay, you need to go tell the Ninevites about me and that judgment's coming because y'all are bad. And Jonah's like, No. But when I was a kid, I remember thinking that Jonah was probably just scared because they're so bad. They're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. But when reading further and listening to commentaries and things like that, Jonah was just angry that God was going to save those people. Like, no, they're bad. Make them pay. Which I can see myself in this story. Like, I'm sorry. You made a terrible choice. Mm-hmm. Consequences, which is... I need to work on that area. Well, pay it's for like me. the prodigal son, too. When the oh, son yes. has been there... Yeah, it's like, really? I've served you, and you're, you've never thrown me a party? Oh. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Jonah's like, mm, I'm out. So he goes and gets on a boat, immediately goes in the opposite direction. Storm happens. The guys, the Ninevites on the boat who are not believers are like, what the heck, man? What's happening? So they roll the dice to see what's happening, and then it points to Jonah as the one causing all this. Jonah's asleep. And they're like, Jonah, yo, wake up. This is your fault. And he's like, well, then throw me overboard. Because what a, what an easy way out is yeah. just let, let me die now. And they're like, mm, okay. So they throw him over. And then instead of him dying in the storm, a big fish comes and swallows him up. And then he's like, okay, maybe now this will be my death. And then God's like, how contrary, mon frere. Nope, nope. So then he's chilling in the belly of the big fish, which has to be so gross. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't like I thought that too. I don't like juicy stuff, but I mean, you're the smell. Yeah, and you're not being digested, but everything else around you is. I just 
Mm-mm. And so then I feel like in Finding Nemo when the whale's like, <laughs> it's time to let go. And then he gets spit out, which vomit. So whatever didn't get digested comes out <sighs> on you also. And then when he looks up, guess where he is? Nineveh. So he ends up telling them like, judgment's coming, guys. And doesn't give the whole, he doesn't give everything. And so the Ninevites are like, oh my gosh, we better do better. So then they did better. And Jonah's all having a pity party. And that's pretty much how the story ends. He has a pity party. And you can read more in chapter four. Yes. But our verse is going to come from the part, a little more information on their, how their behavior um, had an impact on God and what he decided to do. Yes. So judgment is coming. And that's what God has said. This is what's happening. Here comes the hammer. And so they say, oh, no. And this is where we are. We are in Jonah, book of Jonah. Didn't say that. But if you needed to know, we're in the book of Jonah. Chapter 3, verse 10. Farron, are you going to close it? You Why can, change it You now? can do Oh, okay. Why At any point, you can step in and read the first thing first. You are too kind. You're too kind. I'm pretty sure there was a series I went first. Yeah, I think we mixed it up a, a bit. This is the only time we're not mixing it up. I've slept. all right Jonah chapter 3 verse 10 here's the NLT when God saw what they had done and now and how they had put a stop to their evil ways he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened all right in the ESV when God saw what they did how they turned from their evil way God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them and he did not do it so the thing that jumps out the, at me the most is God changes his mind and how God can change his mind because he can do whatever he wants to do. So I know in the past I've heard the phrase like, well, God's going to do what he's going to do. Why pray? Or God's going to do what he's going to do. So why do this, this, this? But there are times throughout the whole Bible that God changes his mind or turns in a different direction because of the choices people make. He did want to see a change in behavior, though, which is why he sent Jonah and why he was going to make sure that Jonah went. Um, Because I would think that if they had not changed their ways, he would not have changed the punishment and disaster he had waiting for them. But God wanted them to change their ways because he loves his people. Man, I, I still, I know I would struggle just knowing my personality and seeing Jonah in there. But knowing Jonah's story, I know not to be so critical and judgmental of people because everyone needs saving. Yeah, so Jonah probably would rather have seen them suffer the consequences. And I also feel like as you continue reading uh, the book of Jonah that he's like, well, if if there was a chance of them being saved or if you were going to save them, why'd you even bother sending me? Like, you've bothered me so much. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you, God, bother me? And then at the end, God... They have a whole conversation, which is a whole nother podcast mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. But essentially, like, there's over 120,000 people and animals. And so is that really what you wanted? You yeah. Know? And so. Yeah. Even the animals repented, which is crazy. I'm like, what does a repenting cow look like? But I guess we'll find out. Oh, that sounds like a yoga <laughs> move. <laughs> Baron, I can't wait to, for you to tell me. <laughs> you know, what if you we did a real and it was yoga moves, but Bible, like the repenting cow? My goal is just to... (laughs) Okay, the tone was everything. I hope everyone goes back and replays that. No, my goal is to feed you awesome inspiration for graphics each week, Brooke. Thank you, fan. (laughs) Good luck (laughs) finding a repenting cow. It's going to be so hard. I'm going to need you to make up some yoga poses. Do I have to dress like a cow? What if we got the Chick-fil-A cow? 
Oh, there you and go. And they did a yoga pose. Maybe okay. I'll just search the World Wide Web. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, read, pray, talk, tell. <laughs> We're on pray. How long would you have continued the movement? <laughs> Until you said it. <laughs> okay, that has to be a story. You have to show everyone your read, pray, talk, tell oh, my movement. Goodness. All right. Okay. Fine. So we're on prey. <laughs> so how can we take Jonah's story and flip that into how we should or could be praying for ourselves and others? Well, one theme that might not jump out right away is this idea that Jonah liked comfort. He did yeah. not want to step outside his comfort zone. He did not want to go to Nineveh. God made him do it. He shared the good news with Nineveh or the warning with Nineveh. And it was good news, but then he wasn't happy about that because that went against, you know, his scorecard. And then again, there's a whole nother uh, chapter, right? Four? Yeah. Chapter four, where you see another uh, demonstration where Jonah loves comfort. And he loves it maybe more than God because every time it's taken away, he's like, I would rather die. I know. To the point of death, you, you are staying in your comfort. That's so crazy. Yeah. But don't we do that from time to time? We don't realize it. I do it all the time and realize it. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm willfully sitting here. <laughs> I am working on it, though. And so that was kind of the angle that I am coming from today because it is something I am working on. So for pray, which is the part we're on, <laughs> is to ask God to reveal anything that you might be valuing more than him or too much. That's good. Too much. I love, this is why I love our collaborative work because we have two totally different perspectives. Because I was going from the anger standpoint <laughs> because there are multiple times where God's like, is your anger justified right now, Jonah? You need to calm down. So another thing would be praying for enemies because Ninevites, that would be terrifying to go into. That would, I know that would be a driving force of me. Hey, I'm, I like my life. I don't want to die. <laughs> I don't want to go witness. But stepping out of your comfort zone because that's what people all over the world are doing every day. They're putting their lives at risk. The least I can do is go talk to my neighbor. <laughs> well, you said neighbor very this, angrily. Well, this is me <laughs> coaching me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I love my neighbors, though. I talk to those guys. I, I mean, like, other humans. Mm-hmm. Man, okay. So talking, praying for your enemies, that they come to know Christ. Praying for salvation of, for people. And then remember, try not to carry your anger with it, Brooke. And then I love your comfort zone prayer. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yep. Read, pray, talk, tell. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to do four different voices next time? Well, I did talk because that's the one we're on. Oh, uh, ooh. Yeah, it's that's like fancy. italicized and highlighted. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Remember Throw you back. got on to me talking <laughs> and I, and bold and italics. <laughs> yeah. Tag it. And that was like a year ago. Bring it back. Check out heck. All right, talk, Farron. How are we going to take this story and gather in circles and grow from it? You know, I think sometimes you need those friends that will throw you overboard. Yep, I agree. So I think having support or people to hold you accountable and have you stepping outside your comfort zone. Of course, picking those people is going to be a very, I don't know, a painstaking job. Like you got to get someone you can trust, someone who is also comfortable doing it. Side note, you can't nominate somebody and tell them that they are just going to be your accountability partner. I'm so glad you said that. That requires agreement on both ends and maybe like a, okay, if it gets to this point or something, like I need out, it's not worth maybe our friendship Yeah. Uh, for you to be my accountability partner. I thought this was going to work out, but 
now I never want to see or talk to you because <laughs> yeah. you're going to ask me about that thing. Or just somebody that can hold you accountable after the fact. Like, hey, you know, the other day after church, we were talking with da 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 da, and you had mentioned that you wanted to be better about da 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 da. Maybe it's saying no. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. You want to be better about saying no. But that makes you uncomfortable because you don't want to disappoint. And so your friend says, man, you just agreed to run the snacks for whatever event coming up. And I know you really wanted to say no, but you said yes. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Mm. So it could be things like that. Um, but yeah, having accountability to push you outside that comfort zone. But again, choose wisely. Yes. I love that you said it needs to be a mutual agreement. Anyone who is keeping account, be in accountability for anybody else, it needs to be two-sided. Not that you have to, okay, no, you have to do it for me. Like, no, as in, if you're asking me to do a thing for you, I need to agree to do that thing. It doesn't have to be that. You're also my accountability partner. That's nice when that works out, because then it's just one for one. But there's that. The part I put about talk is getting your anger in check, and then do you have the right to be angry at certain things? Like, if you... Missed the missed the bus. Okay, well, were you running late? <laughs> you missed the bus because you were running late. Do you need to be angry at whoever else? Who is it misguided? There's something we talk to the, our kids about this a lot is you're blame displacing on someone else or you have misguided anger towards someone else. And usually it explodes on the people you're closest with because they love you no matter what, right? So making sure you keep your anger and your emotions in check to where you're not blaming or displacing things on other people that's a good one that's what I put for yeah. tough <laughs> I mean we've had that I feel like every kid of ours we've had to go through a season where it's like you have to accept responsibility for your own actions mm-hmm. and that's I mean they don't come out knowing it they don't I don't remember I think it was probably the topic of manners the other day oh man one are we them, going right into tell look at us segue well just to talk about like it's not always intuitive. Yeah. And so someone, they happen to use their manners in front of someone else, and they're like, oh my gosh, they have manners. And I was like, finally. <laughs> and I the said, fruits of my labor. I just like for people to know, like other parents, that, because you get in that comparison trap, that like, no, this has taken a lot of work and effort. They, they're not, they yeah. It's that. taken lots of coaching and things you haven't seen for them to do this. Yeah. And so even then, you could be the best parent, mm-hmm. and your kid still, I mean, you, you can control you. Mm-hmm. So don't beat yourself up if your kid is going through a developmental stage, whatever age that is. It happens all the time. So don't beat yourself up. Just keep hanging on. Yeah, displaced anger is big. I mean, even in the sporting world, so many times they want to blame referees. And so <laughs> while they can make pivotal game calls, all the things. Sure, but you did you be, miss the open net five times? you got to be so good that you don't even beat the other team. You also got to beat the refs. Which and is fine. No shame to refs. We need you guys. I oh, yeah. refed forever. Mm. And so. God bless the referees. Yes. Okay. Read. Pray. Talk. Tell. Yay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do next episode? So we've touched on. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I was going to say it's the last one, but read, pray, yeah. talk, tell us. Yeah. Our next gotcha. mini series. Gotcha. That's going to be a surprise. Y'all tune in next week to find out what it is bum, for the bum, big bum. reveal. Anyway, read, pray, talk, tell. How are we going to take Jonah's story and shift it into our kids and it kind of instill those behaviors the good behaviors not Jonah's bad behaviors <laughs> well mine is a long answer so okay. I feel like you should go first um <laughs> look at that putting you <laughs> I just like the phrase don't be a Jonah and there's been times that <laughs> I have said that like you have been given a direction you know that this is the best thing for you don't be a Jonah because 
bagel fish kind of swallow you right up. And that might look like a failing grade or a missed assignment or you didn't get your workouts done, so now you're sitting on the bench. I mean, it could be a number of things that you failed to do after you were given instruction, and these are the consequences. Again, I feel like I'm talking so harshly because it's so black and white in my brain. Just if God tells you to do something, do it. But here I am, God telling me to do something, and I don't do it. I'm like, oh, everybody else, everybody else do it. Yes, this applies to everyone else, but not my situation. quite the mirror for me. So listeners, please know that I am working on this, and I have people who speak into my life to help me do that. Thanks, Baron. No. (laughs) Okay, so sticking with the theme of comfort zones, I do think that, like, the sports analogy, right? There's always that image of, like, your comfort zone, and then, like, greatness is outside that circle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good thing to teach kids, whether they're athletes or not, that great things come outside of your comfort zone. And so there's a story I heard on a podcast, and I did some research to try to find it because this podcast host, like me, is like, oh, I heard it somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where. Well, when Send me I, the link. Yeah, when I found I should because this took forever to find. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes, everyone. Farron will send me the link. But it was really interesting. I love this story, but then the context. So this story was told at a um, conference for Blind Incorporated. So a company, I I haven't researched Blind Incorporated, but it is for the blind community. And the idea is like we want to not just make our students that are blind comfortable in this life, but challenge them and sky's the limit. And so she gave this story or example of uh, there was this city that was overtaken and the army had this all the men in the city in a prison. And so a passing philanthropist came by and said, hey, I noticed that the prisoners aren't getting enough food and the food you give them is rotten and full of maggots. Um, I'm going to give them, you know, the crops from my field. And they said, okay, that's fine. And then another philanthropist came by and said, hey, I noticed that they don't have clean drinking water and they're getting sick all the time. Can I, you know, provide them with clean drinking water? So the the army said, yeah, sure, why not? We don't care. The third philanthropist comes by and says, it's getting really cold. Your prisoners, again, are are pretty, they're getting better in health, but they're not quite there yet. How about, can I provide blankets and bedding? And so they said, yeah, why not? Fourth, last one, fourth philanthropist. (laughs) How many um, are there? (laughs) Comes by and he somehow gets the keys and unlocks all the door cells. But none of the prisoners leave. Because by this point, they're getting fed every day, water every day, and the comfort of blankets and beds. And so they know that if they are free to go, they're going to have to go back to toiling, working the Mm -hmm. land for food, gathering clean drinking water, and and what have you. And so the idea, again, here is that God, uh, he gives you the key. And it's up to you if you're going to open that prison door and walk out. Yeah. And... While you might love the comfort of whatever that prison is that you're in, um, there's more life waiting out there for you, and he wants to use you, but that's going to involve you stepping outside your comfort zone. And I really, there's lots of reason, I, I think, for depression and anxiety, especially in the teens and all sorts of age groups, but I just wonder if we're walking this earth trying to just stay as comfortable as possible. Yeah. And I don't feel like, in my personal experience, there's a lot of fulfillment purpose in that comfort prison uh but it feels good but there's nothing really to show for it um 
But when you step outside that comfort zone, you're going to give something up. But I think the return is much greater yeah. and that God's just waiting for you to walk out that door. That's good. That's, that's exactly what the Ephesians were struggling with or the Colossians were struggling with because they were living right in the middle of everyone and all this worldly pressure was put on them. And they had to overcome and rise up and be challenged and get out of their comfort zone. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, Jonah was seeking comfort at all costs. Ended up in a fish. Yeah. And sleeping in the middle of a storm. Maybe he was depressed mm. to sleep through something like that, right? And so while he was seeking comfort, it wasn't fulfilling. Um, he wasn't comfortable chasing comfort. Yeah. So getting outside his comfort zone, he had a moment of success, but man, he fell right back into old, old habits. Yep. Ooh, more love the story. Don't be a Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jonah. Oh, we love you though. We'll see you in heaven. Hey. So that concludes episode 218 and concludes our Kid Classics mini-series. This one was fun. I really liked it. I did. Y'all stick around to find out what we're doing next week Hooray! for the next mini-series. And to find out and make sure the, ap- the episodes get straight to your phone, guess what you can do? What? You can subscribe to the podcast. You can go anywhere you get your podcast and subscribe to the Witty and Gritty podcast and it will automatically come to your phone on Wednesday morning at midnight. Oh, I'm asleep <laughs> at that time. Some people aren't, Farron. <laughs> well, bless you guys. <laughs> I'll see y'all at midnight next week. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye.